Welcome back to the Facts About Packs. I'm Adam Belmar, and this is the episode where I fly solo. Now, don't worry. I stayed in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Our fearless NABPAC leader and host of this fine podcast is on holiday, and I hope that she and her family are enjoying every minute of it. And I wonder, are you on vacation as you're listening? If you are, thanks for keeping us in your feed. That right there is the kind of dedication that has made us and keeps us the number one pack podcast in America. Well, for my first solo effort at the controls here, I'm going to share a few of my favorite moments from the show over the course of this year. And to be fair, to be fair, these moments, these shared experiences that you are about to hear again for the first time are, to my mind, what makes NABPAC and the community of professionals who count themselves as members such a valuable resource. Aww. All right, enough of that. Back in January, Megan Joyce from International Paper joined Michaela and me for a far-reaching conversation about NABPAC, about the industry, and the increased spotlight and pressure on PAC managers. You know, I think, if anything, over the last two years has demonstrated is that the role of the PAC manager, the political position in the government relations team or government affairs staff has really elevated. I would argue it's always been an important part of the team. And I've been fortunate enough to work for an organization that has recognized that. But this is an opportunity to step forward and be thoughtful, be intentional about the things that you're doing with your PAC. Every action matters and the details really do matter. Um, You know, whether it's paying attention to the dates that your checks are cut, you know, all of those little details that are are really, really important. And quite frankly, our PAC leaders are strategic partners on the government relations and government affairs teams that we have. And if your C-suite and leaders of organizations weren't paying attention to the PAC prior to 2020, they sure are now. And so I'd say I encourage everyone step up to the plate, rise to the challenge. And it's it's a great thing. And Megan went on to say something we cannot afford to take for granted. There really aren't surprises anymore. You know, we've got the tools and NAPAC has really done a great job of providing those templates and suggestions and best practices. You've got a great network of people to talk to who may have been through this before. And, you know, I'm a big believer in you know, researching and doing survey work with your potential audience. And part of that is knowing your internal audience and knowing your external audience and just being prepared. And so being prepared is something we have tried hard to help this audience achieve through listening to this podcast. Something we think about every time we speak with a new guest. And in 2022, we have been lucky, really lucky to have terrific new voices on this podcast. Back in April, Megan Evergam from the National Association of Home Builders made her first appearance. Episode 78, check it out. But what really stands out from that conversation for me was the way Megan Evergam put the importance of language and personal connection in focus. For the listeners inside the Beltway, I think something that I've learned, a valuable lesson that actually can be taken outside of the COVID perspective, but... When I used to talk to our builders, you know, over the last couple of years on COVID, and I would talk about social distancing when it came to our hospitality suites, or I would talk about not being in the office. I mean, our members just thought we were talking two different languages. They couldn't understand that we weren't back in our DC office. They couldn't understand why I was still talking about social distancing. So I think it was a valuable lesson, um, not only talking about COVID, but talking about 
the way I talk about DC and politics is I, I need to remind myself that this isn't their everyday job and lingo that I use inside the Beltway. I need to remember how to how to make it more relatable. I think that our, our Builder Show really taught us that the people are ready to be back in person. It was a tremendous opportunity for us to fundraise. We used to we we still do hold a lot of pa- build pack events across the country at the local and state associations, but we really had it took a hiatus in 2020 and then. Um, 2021, we were down in our number of events for for good reason. And I think that it gave us more confidence being able to, to plan more events this year. You can dodge a missed call or a text message and a fundraising request or just um, in general as much as you want. We all do it. But once you see that person in person, you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I really should focus on this. This is an opportunity to, to focus. A lot of our, our, our pack is very grassroots driven, meaning that we have a large board of trustees that help us raise our money. They are our best advocates. They're amazing, but they also have been extremely busy through the pandemic. So our normal fundraisers that have more time to ask for solicitations and, and ex- the benefits of the pack have been just slammed and haven't been able to make calls. So having everybody in one place was a huge benefit to us. Everybody in one place. Well, that that might not be your reality right now, but from what I can tell, from what I can see, it definitely remains an aspiration that's very much within reach. And I want to turn this solo episode back towards the station with a nod to a fundraising approach that is about to be back in vogue. And not just because it works, but because it's suddenly possible again. Here's what Lauren Colicelli from the National Association of Realtors told us in May. For peer-to-peer fundraising, it is certainly our most successful method to solicit our 1.5 million members. And with realtors, they really crave that in-person interaction and they're salespeople, right? So they want to be sold on why it's important to invest in their industry and to invest in the pack. And when I actually first started working at NAR eight years ago, my job was actually to attend major investor fundraising events and to make the pitch for investing in the pack at our major investor level. And for the purposes of our audience today, our major investors are anyone who invests $1,000 or more to the pack annually. And I definitely had some success at these events, but after some time doing them, I made the pitch to my team that we'd actually be a lot more successful if we had realtor volunteer leaders going and speaking at these associations and showing them that their peers are the ones like that are taking their time away from their business and their families to come and speak to them about the importance of investing in RPAC rather than lowly NAR staffer on the Hill coming to speak to them because that's what I'm paid to do. So I think it really speaks volumes to our membership. And as a result, that program's really grown in the years since we've started having those volunteer speakers come out and do that peer-to-peer outreach. And our receipts have grown really exponentially since we've started bringing that volunteer leader out to these events. Growth is good, but I've got one more pearl of wisdom for you before we park this podcast. The last word comes from Megan Joyce, again back in January, and her advice is actionable for every PAC manager listening to this show right now. One of the testaments to our success is our peer-to-peer program. You know, we have over 120 IP PAC champions, we call them, across the country, and we've been spending a lot of time with them over the last few months with training and preparation. And I can tell you, they're so excited to reach out to their colleagues, and they're really excited about the future of our company and getting engaged on the issues that impact our businesses. 
I mentioned earlier surveys. I'm a big believer in surveying your donors and non-donors. I think that's really important. And so we surveyed our PAC members and non-members in October to get a sense of where their attitudes about the PAC, where they are, because quite frankly, it had been three years since we had surveyed and a lot has changed in those three years, not just with the pandemic and not just with the political divisiveness, but also we had spun off our papers business, a business that had been part of our founding 120 years ago. So it was a big deal. So we wanted to get a sense of where folks are. You know, the findings were a bit surprising to me. And what was surprising was that we found a lot of attitudes had not changed. So I think we went, I went into it at least with a bias that, oh, people are going to feel differently. And, and we were surprised, I was surprised to find that not a lot had changed. Our employees still think it's important for IP to have a voice in the political process. And they still think that issues and decisions made by elected officials impact our business. And they want to better understand how the issues impact our company and how candidates come down on those issues. So there you have it, facts faithful. It's never too early to buy a Halloween costume and it's never too late to survey your donors. Thanks to everybody downloading and sharing this podcast. Subscribe. Meet us right back here next week.